Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, today we are resuming our study in the gospel according to John, and we're ready for chapter 12. Chapter 12 is that time period just under a week leading up to the final Passover. The last Passover, when Jesus would become the fulfillment of the Passover feast, when he himself would become the spotless lamb without blemish. And John goes out of his way to make sure we understand what kind of timing we're dealing with here. And so that is what is on uh, the docket for today. We have the triumphal entry um, and then the supper at Bethany about six days before when he is anointed with the uh, with the perfume, kind of like uh, preparing for burial. They don't understand that that's what's happening, uh, and how could they? Um, and even Mary, the one doing it, doesn't un probably understand why she's doing it, but led by the Holy Spirit. All of this ordained, overseen by the Father. Let's dig in and see what the Word has to say for us this morning. Starting with verse 1, chapter 12. Here's what it says, King James Bible. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment, of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was this not, why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and he had the bag, and he bare what was put therein. So Judas is he was kind of like the one who carried the money, but he was skimming off the top, so to speak. He was a thief. I mean, this is amazing to me that this man followed Jesus, saw the miracles, saw, saw all that Jesus had done, and yet was really still an enemy and an unbeliever. But he says, why is, you know, he's, he's, made, he's thrown a fit because she poured this expensive uh, perfume on him. And he's like, why didn't we sell that? Verse 7, then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying. Has she kept this? For the power always you have with you. I'm sorry. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. 
but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. This, is, this continues to be amazing. The religious leaders. They know Lazarus was dead. He was in the grave four days. They know that Jesus rose him from the dead, which can only be done by the power of God. And they're like, we got to figure out how to kill Lazarus too, because people are believing, because they're seeing him walking around, and they're believing on Jesus. This is how demonic. Jesus said, your father is the devil. He calls the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his days, the sons of hell. You can see why. Verse 12, on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. So right here, they're saying that phrase that you've heard me say in Hebrew a few times that I've brought up a few times where he says, I'm not going to return until you say, Baruch HaBashem Yahweh Yeshua HaMashiach. Not the Yeshua HaMashiach part, but blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right now they're saying it. They're saying, Hosanna. Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the, of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass colt. These things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive you how you prevail nothing. Behold, the world has gone after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came before Philip, which was in Bethsidia of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. So even the Greeks, even has some Greeks, some Gentiles coming up to see Jesus. They heard of this great work of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Now, Jesus is about to say some important words that unfortunately modern day Christian theology just brush sweeps under the rug or because because it definitely doesn't fit with what's commonly taught. And I'm not going to get into a big theological conversation. I'll point out a few little things for you to think about. Uh, at some point in the future, I am going to have the con these conversations and do a series and present to you where my theology is after almost eight years of spending, what, three to four hours per day looking at the Word of God, looking at prophecy, looking at biblical Hebrew, and I've finally come to wh where I fall theologically and, eschatolog and eschatologically and to be quite frank it matches up with what the early church fathers believed and what the great uh, 
preachers of old believed and what the great theologians of old believed and what the great commentators of old believed, but it does not line up with what the modern day church has taught in the last 50 years. And I'll get to a little piece of that. And again, we're not going to dig too deep in. I'll give you some things to think upon for yourself. Here's Jesus' answer to everything that's being said here. Verse 23. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If a man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him my father honoreth. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. So the first thing Jesus is saying, you know what? The hour has come. I know what I'm supposed to do. What should I say? God save me from this when this is my very purpose. Verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. By the way, when is the prince of the world, speaking of the devil, when was he cast out according to Jesus? Don't get upset at me. What, is, what does Jesus say? Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Let me just show you a couple of scriptures. Starting with Hebrews. Chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Therefore, by the way, I could grab you about a dozen of these, but I'm just going to grab two, and I'm not going to go into a big explanation. Think this through for yourself. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who through fear and death were subject to slavery all their lives. So according to Hebrews, the death and resurrection, what Jesus did, conquered death and defeated the devil. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the disciples are going out and they're preaching and and they're uh, they're healing people and, and all these and casting out demons. Starting with verse 17, chapter 10. Now the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions, the authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. The church, actually, I'm just going to read to you. I was thinking about this yesterday, and I wrote a little blurb on Gab. So, and I invite you to follow me on gab.com. Once I get to about 100 followers on there, I'm going to start uploading these videos to that platform. But uh, I, that's where I'm going to be the most vocal, uh, hopefully moving forward. So I was thinking about all of this and, and a bunch of other things that I'm not getting into today. And so I wrote this. This was my thought yesterday. So many Christians appear to be living in fear and defeat as if it is Satan who sits on the throne instead of Christ. The church has forgotten its way, its power, its authority, and its destiny. It is time to awaken O sleeping giant, O bride of the highest. It's time for the church to wake up and remember where the authority lies. Remember where the power lies. Remember who it is that sits on the throne, who is making the whole world, making the in, his all of his enemies a footstool. It is time to remember who has ascended to the right hand of God, and all power and authority have, has been given to him. It's time to remember what the destiny of the church is. It's time to wake up. I'm so sick of Christians in the corner, in the fetal position, crying, woe is me, and having defeatism and victimism as their mentality. <laughs> For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 I'm going to move on from this conversation. You can chew on that and ponder it for yourself. Verse 33. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of the light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. 
that the saying of Esaias the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Esaias said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Esaias when he saw his glory and spake of him. By the way, that's a big theological problem for most people. It wasn't for the early church. It wasn't for most of Christianity. They understood that God was sovereign over all things. What is what is what did the prophet say? So it was so base here's what happened. He did all these miracles, but they didn't believe, which was prophesied, right? The, and they, uh, John here quotes the prophecy, Lord, who hath believed our report. Therefore, they could not believe. Uh-oh. Because that Esaias said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I should heal them. I didn't say these things are easy. I just said they're true. If you can see the truth, it's because God's grace and mercy has been upon you. It's not of you. You can't run around boasting and celebrating. God showed you unmerited, unwarranted grace and mercy. Jesus said, nobody comes to me unless the Father draws them. I didn't say these things. The Word says these things. Because I know people will get upset. 40, verse 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. So there was many who believed, but they didn't want to lose their access. They didn't want to lose their comforts or their positions since and as far as the synagogue was concerned and so they didn't confess because what does it say for they love the praise of men more than the praises of god verse 44 jesus cried and said he that believeth on me believeth not on me but on him that sent me and he that seeth me seeth him that sent me i am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I have came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Jesus is saying, I am just doing exactly what the Father commands me to do and nothing less and nothing more. And in fact, if you believe on me, it's not really that you're believing on me. It's that you're believing on the one who sent me, 
And if so, if you don't believe on me, then you don't believe in the one who sent me. And he makes that point all throughout the Gospels. That if you do not believe him, if you do not know him, then you don't know the Father either. Again, not consistent with what a lot of modern day Christianity teaches, because a lot of modern day Christianity now teaches... Basically, that the Jews know the Father, even though they reject Jesus Christ. Can't be done. Not according to the scriptures. Lots of hard truths this morning. I'm sure some will be upset, but it's time to... Man, I just... I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm tired, to be honest. But... So what? right? We have a mission. We've been called to this great purpose as believers in Jesus Christ to share the good news. And sometimes that comes at a cost. Actually, according to Jesus, if you follow him, you, you there will be a price to pay. There will be trouble. It won't be easy. But as a result of being tired, I'm also kind of fed up with nonsense and unsound doctrine being taught. And, the, you know, the beauty of the Internet is that I'm able to do what I'm doing right now. That's the beauty of the Internet. The double-edged sword of the Internet is now everyone's been given a platform and people who are not sound in the Word of God, are teaching things that are inconsistent with what Scripture teaches. It's out of context. There's just so many. You almost have cults all over the Internet teaching lies. Or it's just a regurgitation, an echo chamber of like modern-day dispensationalism, uh, especially in the, in the prophecy niche area. And so I've just kind of come to the point where it's like we're going to I'm going to do everything I can to soundly teach what the Bible clearly teaches what the church has believed for 2000 years and if people get mad and unsubscribe and pull their funding well it wouldn't be the first time that that's happened uh, because throughout the years when I've taken a strong stand against things that are popular now but not necessarily biblically true there's been blowback and that's just the way it is. The only thing that matters right now is truth. And we're at a point in this world where it's speak the truth, let the power of God's word do its thing, and let the chips fall where they may. So anyway, I feel like I'm rambling and maybe not even making any sense. So we're gonna pull we're gonna stop the show for this morning. I really I really hope that you've been blessed. Uh, that your hearts have been pierced, that you've been challenged. Just go try to read the word with fresh eyes and try to pretend that we, you know, we have to read the word sometimes and pretend like we don't have all this these preconceived notions and, and ideas because the Bible is really clear and easy to understand, but we all come to it with background, right? We all come to it with uh, pet doctrines and 
ideas and we look at everything through those lenses and then we can't see the very basic and very simple truth that the word is teaching because it's inconsistent with all the baggage that we bring with us when we come to the word of God. So we almost have to say, okay, I'm just going to undo, unlearn some of this stuff and just let the Bible say what it says clearly. And then I'll go find some teachers that I respect and know that the Spirit of God is upon them and that they tell the truth and that they're authentic and they don't have any impure motives and see if that commentary helps me have a deeper understanding. That's, that's the best we can do. That's the best we can do. I just want to share the Word and hopefully... Well, not hopefully because... God promises that it will not return void. Okay, I'm done. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.